Hello and welcome to the first episode of our podcast. My name is Nick. I'm Christian. We're, we're going to be talking about everything San Jose State Athletics, college sports as a whole, or even professional. We're going to see where it takes us. Um, first off, you know, we're both spear reporters here on, here on campus for the yep. JMC. And, you know, I'm coming out of L.A., coming out of L.A. Valley College, you know, spear, spear you know, everything sports related. That's what I want to get into in future of life. So this podcast is another avenue of that we can that i'm taking and ever since then i'm here to provide for the people for the <laughs> for the news of athletics i guess you can say for the fans of uh, sgsu spartan fans yeah uh, there you go i'm also a spear reporter i'm coming from santa rosa junior college transfer just like nick and i'm doing the same thing i'm trying to cover the the athletics here and we're going to let you guys get a little insider and also hear our opinions on this show about uh, what goes on here in san jose state athletics yeah, right, well, with that, I mean, obviously we had a few, a, a good amount of sports play this weekend, I think. Mm-hmm. We had volleyball play in another tournament. Uh, football finished up in Toledo, Ohio, right? Yeah. And then we had so- both soccer teams go at it. Um, I think first, you know, top, you talk about like the big one, football. And I don't know a lot about football, Christian, I'm going to be completely honest. So <laughs> what you got for me? Um, well, San Jose State, um, they lost in Toledo, Ohio, 21 to 17. Um, and I would say it was kind of a tale of two for, uh, two halves. Um, their offense came out hot, came out firing. Uh, Chevin Cordero, our quarterback, actually passed the 10,000-yard mark in his college football career uh, in the first quarter. Um, but in the second half, you can kind of see they stuttered. Uh, Toledo figured them out a little more. And it was just um, – it just wasn't an ideal um, ideal outcome for the Spartans as now they're 1-3 and three and – you know, and we have a tough road ahead of us looking at the Mountain West Conference starting this Friday against um, Air Force. Um, Air Force is a really good team. Uh, if, we were, if we were looking back at Air Force, they just beat Utah State. And at one point in that game, they had a lead 29 to nothing. Um, so Air Force, it looks like 29 a 29 to nothing? I didn't yeah. even know that, actually. Yeah. That's actually kind of wild. Yeah, so it's kind of, I mean, uh, um, they played against Utah State, another Mountain West Conference team. And, you know, Utah State kind of did make a little comeback, but... Uh, uh, Air Force got the win, and so that's it's. We're looking at a. It's going to be a tough stretch here for the Spartans football team on the gridiron. Um, when it comes to facing Utah State, are are we going to eventually face them, or like is that something that like it's going to be in our future? At uh, all? Yeah, Utah State's actually going to be our homecoming game. Um, yeah, so that's going to be. I think we our 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 next two games I know are against um, Air Force here at home, and then the week after we're traveling to Idaho to play Boise State, another really tough, really solid opponent. Uh, in the Mountain West. And then this is just a completely random, like, question. Isn't Boise State the one with, like, the blue turf field and, like, they're famous mm-hmm. for it? Because, like, they were the first team to ever do that. Yeah. And, um, yeah. They have, like, blue turf. It's, like, you, it looks like nothing I've ever seen before. And I think I even saw, like, on their social media that they're going to, like, have this thing where, I don't know if it's after they score a touchdown or what, but it, it, like, goes dark and then all these lights turn blue and it's just, like, flashing and it's just going to be, like, a blue out there. So that'll be interesting to see if that's, like, something when we we see – when we go travel there. Yeah, and then um, earlier today in our class for the Spear, we had Skybe come in. And then did he mention that, like, last year that's where we had our bowl game? No? Against? Uh, or, like, yeah. it was somewhere out there, I think I it think was? I think it was in Idaho, but I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I, uh, I'm not sure if it was at that, that school or not. I know it was, like, the Idaho Bowl or something like that. But Well, regardless. Yeah. I mean, but when it comes to Cordero, you know, in, in the preseason, he got preseason player of the year award. Mm-hmm. And then with him now reaching the 10,000 mark and then, him eventually even going to play against his old school, Hawaii. Like, yeah. like, what do you think that's going to be like, considering the fact that, like, 
he's going to have ties to a, to a further opponent and to even, like, you know, now reach his mark to a school that, like, he didn't even enjoy. And, like, now, now he's here and just living life pretty much in football. I mean, I think for him it'll be interesting because I believe he's a Hawaii native. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's always fun to place people. And I'm sure he'll know people from the other teams too. And that's always fun to compete against people you know, I, you know. We, me and you both played sports before, and if you, whenever you play against someone who you know outside of sports, oh yeah, <laughs> it's always kind of a blast, and like you kind of, kind of can, uh, you know, get competitive and you know trash talk a little bit, but it's all fun, and I'm sure for him it'll be fun to prove himself again, and you know show like you know this is what I can still do, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know, touching on <laughs> touching on that aspect now. Um, in high school, I played baseball. I think I mentioned that to you already. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we would always play all these same schools, you know, but back in back in L.A., we played a few schools called Rory Ball, Torres, Belmont. You know, Belmont was a big rivalry, so I remember them seeing their faces and whenever we would beat them, like, 20 to nothing. That's how bad it was. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I always remember seeing, like, all the cool faces and everything, like, talking if you get on base and like that. It's always a cool connection, but at the same time, like, now at the college level and everything like that, I'd imagine there's a certain level of competitive competitiveness, like you said. But at the same time, you know, they're D one. They're all they're all trying to get to the next level. Yeah, exactly. And then even then, but and then now speaking on you know like like with with the teams and everything like, I know that Cordero is like losing players and everything like that. And of course the defense is like struggling a little bit as well to hold opponents, like especially against USC. Um, but now I I think someone ha- something happened with the football team, right? Um, today, um, another um, preseason player, first team player, Justin Lockhart, our uh, one of our top wide receivers. Uh, the, the news came official today that um, shout out to Matt Weiner uh, Spear reporter Spear beat reporter and editor for the Spear um, for the football team he just uh, he, he got the scoop today that uh, he's out for the season he, Justin Lockhart or, um, he's getting surgery um, so Brent Brennan kind of confirmed that he's out for the year um, yeah it's kind of been something that's been up in the air because like no one's really seen uh, Justin Lockhart around the team for the first um, four games all are on the sidelines or at any practices and we finally got the answer why um, uh, why he's out. And yeah, it's kind of an unfortunate news because we that's uh, just another weapon lost um, for Chevin Cordero. Um, yeah. So. And then yeah, and of course with Cordero, like of course he already lost. Uh, who was the player that got drafted last um, year from Elijah San Jose? Cooks. Elijah yeah. Cooks. I mean, losing him already, and then you said he was a re- uh, Lockhart, right? He, yeah. he said he's a receiver, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, losing losing someone like that, I would imagine it probably is, it hurts the program considering even then, like, our offense just, like, it feels like they can't get anything going, at least in my eyes, not knowing the sport that much. But, I mean, against what was, against Cal Poly, we were able to score, put up, what, 53, mm-hmm. right? And a huge part of the Cal Poly game was our run game. Um, Kyrie Wilson um, had a great game. Um, but, yeah, I think if we uh, – I've noticed when we get the run going, I mean, it makes the passing game easier. So that's with any football team. Um, Kyrie Robinson, I mean, excuse me. Uh, yeah, if we uh, continue to run the ball, I think that's what we're going to have to change to. Just losing Justin Lockhart and losing all those guys. Um, losing Elijah Cooks to the draft. Um, it definitely changes the way their offense is going to work, and it makes it a little bit difficult, to, more difficult on uh, Cordero. But uh, we'll see what uh, how they fare against the Mountain West now that conference is coming up, and hopefully we can – see if they can uh, make at least a bowl game or maybe have a chance at winning the conference. Yeah, and then and then you, and then last game for football was away, right? Yeah. Yeah, over there in Toledo, Ohio. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking of being away, you know, I don't know I don't know if you've known, but uh you know, the volleyball team has actually been away for a complete almost a complete month now. 
They're only they're only they're only coming back next week. They've been participating in in plenty of tournaments, starting off with the San Jose State Santa Clara tourney, in which they hosted back at the end of August, essentially. And after that, they competed in the Hornet Invitational, Fairfield Inn and Suites Dunn Campbell Invitational, and then most recently this past weekend, the USF Challenge. So I mean, with them being on a, such a young team, and then as well like them just not being able to come back home and just play a game here, it's actually kind of <laughs> it's it's struggling for them because I was actually at that last game at at USF, and I I was talking to head coach Todd Cress, and he said that like the at, at one time they even had to sleep in the airport just because of traveling was was so hard and everything for them, but then you know in each tournament they've they've come out with a two and one. Uh, record and they haven't lost a tournament yet, and they're actually they're actually currently record with with a nine and four, with the with the next game coming up in Vegas. So they're still even then they're still on the road, which sucks. Yeah. But at the same time, you know they're coming closer to home. They they they, far, they went as far as the Fairfield Inn tournament, which is all the way in North Carolina. I'd imagine no, those flights sucked. Oh, I got family in Jersey, so I know how long those flights are. East coast, yeah. yeah. But then, yeah, Time and zones. then, but like, then now that they're finally getting closer to home after Thursday, after Thursday, they're gonna be in, they're gonna be in San Diego after that, and then finally coming back home next week. So I'd imagine it's almost like a, like a rewarding thing for them. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, who's been like the top performers this year for uh, our volleyball team? <sighs> top performers. I mean, <laughs> it, we we can we can talk both sides of the ball. I mean, offense or defense. On defense, we have senior Gianna Lawson, who's actually kind of been owning the net. You know, she's she's been all over the net. She comes off the bench, but she comes off in big moments. She currently sits with nice 60, 69 blocks, seven solo, sixty-two assist blocks, with eight with eighteen digs. And you know, it's the, the, her defense is her main thing. Like, she coming off the bench, she has eighty-one kills in one hundred and seventy-eight attempts, and that's good for a good and that's good for a forty-five point five percentage attacking rate. But and I and I think that's and coming off the bench, but like with your main job being defense, knowing knowing know how to shut these teams down, I I think that's a big thing. And another and then like there's and then and then on and on attacking, there's there's three of them. You know we got we got Junior Blair Fleming, currently sitting at, at the team leading 189 kills in four in 420 attempts, making her good for a 45 percentage. And then while on the other side of the ball, she's she's got. 39 digs, six receives, and two solo blocks with 23 block assists. And then even then, like, she has she has a young team behind her as well. Well, in in freshman Nayeli Tia, who's who's been who's a redshirt who was a redshirt last year. She didn't see any action last year, but even with that, like this year, she's been she's just been dominant, a hard a hard hitter as well. Um, coming coming off with currently sitting at 122 kills and 336 attempts, making her good for 36 percent. And then while on defense, she's got 115 digs, 18 receives, and three solo blocks with 18 block assists. But even then, you know, it doesn't stop there with with senior as well. Uh, <laughs> I hope I I hope I don't butcher this name, but I'm gonna just say how her teammates say it. Letty Cam- Camalucci. She's got 98 kills and 299 attempts while having 100 and 101 digs, 14 receives, one solo block, and 21 solo and block assists. And so I think they're all around. They're just a good team, you know, especially to be nine and four right before right before conference starts, because with Vegas being their first opponent in conference and then ending all these tournaments like the, in the positive note that they did, they have another shot at going going to the Mountain West Championship again. Yeah. And then uh, I was going to ask, how, how do you think they're going to fare against uh, the rest of their Mountain West Conference opponents? Like you said, Vegas first, but um, the rest of the schedule, how do you think they're going to fare in conference? 
I mean, I haven't done, if I'm going to be honest, I haven't done exactly the most research into, like, the opponents that they've played so far. I've only done, like, little skimming and everything like that. But, I mean, they've been playing teams from all from, like, conferences all over, whether it be the WAC, Big West, or even whatever conferences are in Florida. I feel like that they're going to fare very well against against all their Mountain West Mountain West opponents just because their their adversity and their and how young they are and how much of a team that they're able to bond with and just know each other what they what each other are going to do. They I think they're going to fare completely well. If I'm being honest against Vegas, it's a good chance that they can either sweep them or just take them 3 to 1 just because of the fact of how good they've been attacking the ball and just how much of an effort and how much they've been fighting but through all this resiliency whether it be traveling or like adversity on on and off the court and then in their four losses um do you know what they could have done differently or how how they fared against those teams um they've I, I mean even then like in their losses like they still fared pretty well um i haven't been there for all their losses complete to be completely honest but i've been there for that santa clara game that they lost while while hosting the while co-hosting the tournament with santa clara coincidentally and and they got swept that match, they they got swept 0 and three, they were just struggling on on offense at the same time. But I mean, but their other losses, I mean, they haven't been that bad. Three, they lost three to one to Sac State. They've also lost. They've also gotten swept to Georgia Southern again, and then to to University of San Francisco. They also lost three to one. Of course, like their losses, like it's it's a big margin. They've either gotten swept or they just they just dropped up. They've only been able to win one set. But at the same time, their wins have also been very impressive, you know. Sweeping CSUN after going all five sets in their first tourney. Sweeping Fullerton. Almost sweeping Portland. You know, regardless of regardless of their win-loss ratio, I feel like that this team can easily, like, be either get to the championship or win it all just because of, like, how much adversity that this team has gone through. You know, Todd Kress's first year as head coach. And then him, he had to bring in all these players as well because – all these the players from last year disappeared essentially they hit the transfer portal but you know i feel like that that this team is either going to see little losses in conference or or it can, or of course you know it could go always both ways so we'll see how we'll see how it plays out but i honestly think that they have a good shot at being mountain west champions and you mentioned um how all these players left uh, after last season for the transfer portal do you want to talk about uh what todd crest has done to change the program here oh yeah um, what, what Todd Kress has done has been <laughs> insane. Of course, Todd Kress's like resume isn't isn't exactly the greatest. Let's be honest. Started off at Fairfield, went over to Florida State, and then ended up at Buffalo, and then and then he then he came and then now he's here, San Jose State, and and I I remember talking to Gianna Lawson uh, when I when asking about Kress specifically, she said uh, like it was her third head coach. I mean, you know, with her as well. Started off at Portland and then came to transferred here last year. I think what Cress has done to be able to form and shape this new and young team has been phenomenal to grab all these players and make them mix well and, you know, become a very competitive team, as we saw last season as well. Of course, it wasn't under Cress, but this team has always been competitive. And what he has, what he has done, I think, is very well for the program. And considering the fact that it's his first year and he's able to come in and get a 9-4 record right before conference, it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be an interesting season for Cress. And I re- and from from what I'm seeing right now, I really hope San Jose keeps them, because you know the girls love them, the media pe- the the media people love them, <laughs> Amy the the SID love them. He, he just seems like an all around coach, and he's such a he's such a nice guy to talk to. Every even then, uh, <laughs> when I when I went to go visit um not visit but when I went when I went to go watch the game in San Francisco, he actually recognized me. So I thought that I thought that was kind of cool. 
you know, he's he's a very recognizable person. He's also very charismatic. He loves talking about his team, and he loves like he he could just tell he loves the sport all around. And I think it's something that can lead into a very like very well and very competitive team that can go all the way. Yeah, um, and speaking of another women's team here on campus that's very competitive and has a chance of going all the way in the Mountain West, uh, the women's soccer team. They've been um, playing really well this year so far. They they um. Their record at home, overall, I mean, is uh, two, three, and three. So, not the best preseason record, but they also had a really tough preseason. Um, two wins, three losses, three ties, um, and probably you know their most impressive win, I mean, was in my opinion was our win versus Southern Utah for nothing. Uh, there was three goals in the first class, first half. It was just a complete game. Um, um, when, when, it, when it comes to the women's soccer team, I, I feel like, and this isn't just me, like, knowing a little bit of soccer, I feel like, of course, draws suck. Like, let's be honest now, like, draws aren't exactly the greatest thing, but yeah. at the same time, you're holding your opponent as well. Like, of course, you can say, oh, they, they get a draw and everything, but at the end of the day, you're able to hold your opponent, the opponent's able to hold you. Like I said, it's a draw. Like, you're just, you're just a, in my view, like, you're just like a either equal team or just one team just got the best of you and you just couldn't do anything. But... Have they had like like you asked me about volleyball? Have there been any like star players so far on the women's soccer team? Yes, definitely. Um, I mean, one of the most important parts about soccer is scoring goals, and the top goal scorer for the team has been Bella Fokini. Um, she's started in the eight games played. Um, she plays like the majority of the minutes. I think more than any of the other girls, um, and she has she leads the team with five goals throughout the season so far. Um, and that includes eight shots on goals, which is also she leads, and 17 shots in general. Um, so, yeah, she's been, like, producing the most. Um, but that's not to uh, discredit anybody else. They, they um, Taylor Phillips, actually, against that Southern Utah game, where she also had two goals, which she has three on the season. Um, and, like, she told me that, you know, she scored in the first game of the year against Santa Clara, um, but then she hasn't been able – she wasn't able to get, you know, her – Feedback is what she said until then, until that Southern Utah match where she and Bella both scored two goals uh, each. And, you know, and now they're kind of rolling. I mean, their most recent game, it was a draw against Cal Baptist, which I heard leading up into that, that game before, like it was going to be a really tough match. They're a really good program down there in Cal Baptist. Um, and, yeah, so Bella Flochini, excuse me, Taylor Phillips has been leading. But also, um, and then on the goalkeeping side, um, Benta Pernod, She's been having a great season again, a sophomore, so really young. Um, she's actually leading the team with 39 saves, and she's played seven out of the eight games. And then uh, when she did miss a game, um, our other goalkeeper, Shayla Shugai, stepped in, and she also put up a clean sheet with five saves that day against against Southern Utah is when, she, uh, when Benta did not play. But, uh, yeah, so honestly we're looking great, and it's good to look ahead to our um, – our first match uh, in the Mountain West Conference, which is this uh, Thursday against New Mexico, and it's also going to be like the 2022 Mountain West Championship celebration. Um, and honestly, I think the Spartans, they looked great in preseason, although their record doesn't look like the best. Um, I think they had a really tough opponent, and honestly, going into Mountain West play, uh, we could look at a possible repeat this year just because this team is pretty complete. Um, got a lot of good, good, some solid goal scorers and some good uh, goalie play and good defense in general. And uh, I, I noticed every game, something that the players kept reiterating to me is every game they felt like they were playing more and more as a one solid group. Um, so that chemistry is really important, and I'm glad that they've been uh, able to keep building that up throughout the year, and hopefully it can continue to build up in this Mountain West uh, 
conference could play. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned that we're going to be having our we're gonna be starting our conference uh, play. Uh, looking ahead of the looking ahead of the schedule, of course, we can only we can only speculate so much. But who do you think is going to be the toughest opponent? Like, like have there been like any like former opponents or like anyone new that we're going to be facing that you think is going to be like really tough against us? I mean, if you look at last year's conference, uh, we fared pretty well. Um, we were six three and two in the Mountain West. Um, it was a it was an interesting year. Obviously, we won our Mountain West Conference championship, so that was great. Um, and if we look at the Mountain West uh, tournament, um, two teams that gave us a lot of trouble uh, were New Mexico and Wyoming uh, at the at that end tournament. There was th- both games um, ended in a zero zero shootout. I mean a zero zero tie, but uh, we both we won both of those games in a shootout. First, New Mexico was four to two, and Wyoming six to five. So both really tightly contested games. I mean it took it took shootouts to decide the winner of Mountain West. Um, so that. That kind of tells you everything you need to know about those two programs. Uh, excuse me, sir. They're called penalties, not yeah. shootouts. Get That's it right, it. sir. Come on. My bad. My bad. Penalty shootouts. Yeah. Um, sorry. Uh, but yeah, we won six to five in penalty kicks um, to Wyoming. Um, those those games were all played in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And we also played against Colorado College um, in the, the Mountain West tournament as well. So they they made it last year. So I would believe that they'd be good again this year. Um, we beat them one to zero, one nothing. Yeah, and of course, you know. With all eyes on us, do you mm-hmm. like with what both of us know? Like, do you think we can win the championship again? And I, hang on, I, ca- I kind of want both of us to answer at the same time, just, just so we can say, "Are you ready?" Three, two, one, yes. yes. All right, cool. All right, we're on the same page. Yeah. But and then, of course, like even then, with the, with like a young team that we have, I think right, like mm-hmm. look at one of them; they are pretty young. Yeah. And then I believe like our star goalkeeper is is she still injured? I forgot her name. Uh, Benta Perno. Is that her name? Yeah, I I, yeah. I I forgot her name. I, I honestly, I, I don't know if I'm butchering or not. I know the last name's Bernard. Probably are. I mean, we, I mean, we, we both probably butchered names already, but yeah. that's fine. Um, the thing about her, too, is uh, her freshman year, she was um, kind of came on the scene. She was freshman uh, goalkeeper of the year for Mountain West. Um, really good season, but she did have an injury at the, towards the end of the year, I believe. Um, another thing that's interesting about her, too, is she's an inter- international student. I believe she's from the Netherlands. Yeah, Netherlands. Yeah, she is from Geelin, Netherlands. That's her hometown name. Oh my God, you know, you know what I've always wondered about college athletics, and especially like here at San Jose. Obviously, like now that we're reporting for them and everything, I've always wondered how these coaches like find like these players like <laughs> from all over the world. Because I think because our water polo team, it's they're from like Croatia, like 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 a lot of a lot of a lot of a lot of countries from England, and then our soccer team too. Like and like of course like there there are a lot of locals. I remember seeing like one from Salina, a few from like. From like other other cities in the in the in California, but then I remember seeing I know there's one player from I think it's Korea. Not to get it wrong, I think for for, for the men's yeah for men's yeah. soccer team. Mm-hmm. I've always wondered how like how these players get in contact with San Jose. Yeah, I mean I think um, credit to the recruiters from these teams. I oh mean, yeah, definitely. I mean they do a lot of work just in even and that's a tough job even just looking even at even people in California. Yeah, like, exactly. Like. Of course, like max preps can only take you so long because mm-hmm. like stats can only tell you and how a player is. Yeah. But I think the fact that like the recruiting staff for for this women's soccer team to like possibly do it all over again and recruit enough teams and enough girls, I'm sorry, women to to participate in in this in this team and like possibly repeat again, I I think it might I I think they have a good chance of success. Mm-hmm. But now to the flip side of the men's, I believe they played Santa Clara yesterday, right? Yeah, and actually, speaking of international players, um, I'm probably going to get this wrong, but 
Gaku Nishimura. Gaku Nishimura. Gaku Nishimura. Coming from Yokohama, Japan. Yeah. He actually had a great game yesterday, and he f- uh, he scored his first two goals. Um, his first two? Was yeah. it really? And of his I, career. Uh, and he's been starting, like, in most of these games mm-hmm. right now? Yeah, he wears number six for the Spartans. Um, yeah, and his first two goals were both on um, penalty kicks. Um, oh, well, that's, that's cool. And yeah. But I think you were at the game. Like, like, did it seem like a really physical game, or were those penalty, like, where were those penalties just come from, like, like a freak accident? Uh, yeah, I don't think they were really. It wasn't. It wasn't too physical a game. Uh, I think they were just kind of mistakes that Santa Clara made. Uh, Santa Clara, um, they're they were a little sloppy, I think. And yeah, so I, I would say those two penalties, and then they chose him obviously to kick him, and he. Uh, I mean, he, he did his job. Yeah, he, he deceived, did his job. His first goal, he deceived the goalie. He had the goalie going the exact opposite way. Uh, the goalie went to the left corner, and he kicked it in the uh, – excuse me. He got the goalie going to the right corner, and he kicked it in the left corner. You know, I, I think, you know, like – because, of course, you can you can only just – you're, 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 at the end of the day, as a goalie, you're guessing. And mm-hmm. so I feel like – but I feel like most more than half the time, you're, like, the goalie either guesses right mm-hmm. or the or the shooter just misses completely. Yeah. yeah so I feel so like – so for this – for this, what, what grade is he in? He is a sophomore. So for this sophomore to like get into the head of a of a of a goalie, he's probably you know let's be honest now, he's probably a senior or a junior. Yeah, he's you know, older. Yeah, like it's a little bit older. I feel like that like this kid is something, especially if he can deceive. And I feel like if he gets more time like on on the ball wise and like more speed, because I I've I've seen him I've seen him once. He he seems like a pretty speedy like like attacker. Or is he a midfielder? Oh yeah, there, well, there you go. Like you know, he 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 can he can just run the ball, whether it be on offense or defense. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, if if a team can get all round all guys like that, I mean, I feel like I feel like th- that that just sets up a team for success. Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, after the first goal too, um, I noticed the Santa Clara defense. They were kind of flustered and they were uh, huddling up um, and they were kind of yelling at each other. So San Jose kind of had them like on their. On their toes, on their toes, you know. Just, yeah. just shooken up. Damn. Yeah. All right. Well, you, well, you obviously mentioned Nishimura, or Nishimura, not to butcher his name, but um, was anyone else who obviously the, well the game ended three to one. So who else like had scored that other goal for them? Um. Yeah. His name was Angel Minguez. Um. And he uh he he tallied his third uh third goal, which is team leading this season. Um. And uh, also Anthony Guzman and Ricardo Scarafia. Uh, <laughs> Uh, earned their assists on the Ingas goal. Um, and, yeah, overall, the Spartans, I mean, the Spartans played really good against Santa Clara. It's kind of like a little rivalry, not as not as intense as the rivalry versus Stanford was, although Santa Clara is just that, down the road. <laughs> that Stanford game was insane. Mm-hmm. And that Stanford game had a little extra pizzazz, I guess, on it from the uh, student section behind I the think... goal, if you want to talk about <laughs> who was behind those goals. Oh my God! Just uh, all those, all those, all those students, and then everyone else behind there just heckling yeah. the the Stanford goalie the entire time, and then even then the fans getting into it. I think me as like a as a as like a sports fan, and of course like as a reporter, I love seeing that when like a school like actually like thrives for that mm-hmm. is actually going for it, especially like at a big game like that, as much of a rivalry as it is, you know, with Stanford down the road, like you said, with Santa Clara as well. And I think that, that that game was just honestly probably the best that I've seen so far. Yeah, definitely. It just 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 because of the fact that like like there were there were, I, don't, I don't even know how many yellows were thrown around. Yeah, there was a couple reds I think. Um, I think maybe like one or two reds, yeah. and then 
But even then, just because of how physical that game was, mm-hmm. like they were just re- both sides of both sides of both teams were just relentless. And of course, they ended up with us losing. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, like if if you can put up a fight against a school like that, I believe it was what num- they're number four ranked nation nationally at the time. Yeah. Yeah, and so. I think to put up a fight like that against that school as well, of course, you know, it's it's always an honor and it's always, it's always cool to see a team like a team, small team like this, San Jose State, being able to, to, to compete with a powerhouse like that. I think it was cool to see regardless. Mm-hmm, definitely. And of course, you know, and now looking ahead at who they got up next, do you think that like that we have a chance in the in the WAC in the WAC conference to, you know, like do you, do you see any opponents that, that can provide them like with a lot of struggle or anything like that? Um, let's see. Our next match is against Sacramento State, and um, honestly, um, so far we have the, uh, <laughs> I believe that's the same record as our women's soccer team, 2-2-3, two, two, and three, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Well, that, so, that is a crazy coincidence. So through, through our, you know, uh, before conference started, 2-2-3, um, two, two, and three, oh, actually, excuse me, Santa Clara is a Western Athletic Conference team, my bad. So uh, we are 2-2-3, two, two, and three, though, either way. Um, uh, and honestly, I mean, the way our men's team has been playing, they played some pretty tough opponents as well, going back to that Stanford game. I mean, the thing about Stanford was I noticed is that even though um, Stanford was way more stronger, more physically uh, acclimated, um, San Jose like, was still competing, and they, you could see they never gave up. Like, if I were to go to uh, – if I were to think about last night's game, I can kind of tell Santa Clara, when they were down, uh, they were kind of giving up, you know, and they were kind of just getting frustrated and letting it get to them. But what I noticed with San Jose was when they played a tougher opponent like um, Stanford is that they never gave up. Even though they lost 2 two nothing and couldn't score a goal, they kept trying. And it was a really physical game, but you could tell there was a lot of intensity to it. It wasn't frustration. It was intense. Like, we want to beat Stanford. Um, and that's something I think that the, that team can carry with them. That's the easily conference. always the best thing. And, like, the easy, easily, like, if a team can do that, like, and stay motivated throughout the entire, like, match or a game even, like, no matter what sport it is, even if you're down, I honestly think your team can turn it around, like, easily. Mm-hmm. Like, just hit the flip. Of course, we still lost against Stanford, but at the end of the day, like 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 we both mentioned earlier, putting being able to put up a fight against a school like that, it's insane. Okay, that was <laughs> that was a little spooky. We we were yeah. hearing we heard a little like screaming or like a little like what sounded like a fire alarm outside <laughs> yeah. outside of our record your little box of a recording studio. But you know what? That is fine. We're we're we are working to the kinks. But you know, speaking of a team that that put up and and, and a, a surprising number in my opinion. Um, now switching from San Jose State to you know just more broader sense, Colorado State versus Colorado. <laughs> that game was wild. interesting, wild to say the least. Yeah, I think wild is a great way to start, uh, describe that game. Um, <laughs> um, honestly, I thought it was going to be a blowout. I thought Colorado. So did I. Was. I honestly thought, honestly thought Colorado um, was just going to destroy them. Yeah, I mean, leading into the week, the comment that uh, Colorado State's head coach made about not wearing sunglasses and hats to interviews around I, adults. Yeah, I mean, and then, and then of course, uh, Coach Sanders, or, you know, sorry, Coach Prime. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, how he responded, it, how he took it as, like, his mama didn't raise him right and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, I I don't know if you saw it, but the clip right before the game where his mom helped hype up the team, Yeah. I thought that was the most, like, I thought that was the coolest thing in the world to, like, to like have his mom there and like the one that like that that was made the comment towards essentially i thought that was a, such a cool thing and of course i'm not gonna repeat what she said that clip is out there you guys can go look 
but it's to me it is one of the most like essential things to a team especially if you can hype up a team like that and especially with this game in my opinion kind of created a uh, a rivalry yeah and uh, i think it just you know anytime you're playing someone in state it always is more fun i would say uh local um and that can you can easily be said. see how personal it was for both teams both teams really wanted to hurt each other. Uh, oh yeah, even speaking I mean, of hurting each other. Yeah, oof. I mean, of course, obviously Travis Hunter, he he was sent to the hospital by halftime essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was by defense. I had it pulled up right here. Maybe he's number eleven. It was it was it was their defensive back. Yeah. It was their defensive back who you know gave him a late hit. Uh, his name is Henry Blackburn. Mm-hmm. And you know it was a, such a late play and everything like that. But I mean, I think that just that just that just speaks wonders on like how hard hitting that that game really is but yeah. at the same time it also says it also speaks wonders and how soft in my opinion NCAA is just because you know it's a late hit it's football you can't argue that but at the same time you have to look back at the history and of course you can't judge a, like a game in game decision based off of history but of course you know like now it's being reported that him and his family are receiving death threats for what he did to Travis and everything like that and honestly to me, and to me, like as my personal opinion as a sportsman and everything, I always think that's always uncalled for. Oh, yeah. Of course, let it let let what happens on the field happen on the field. Mm-hmm. Of course, what he did was wrong. Like like let's not condone that. But at the same time, I think it's just death threats is a little too far in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think people forget he's just a college kid. He's a student. He's still young. We're, I mean, like like we're all kids. We're all mm-hmm. gonna make dumb decisions one day or another, especially as college kids, like you said. But at the end of the day. When it comes down to hurting people, you can tell he wanted to hurt them. That's true. That is true. But uh, I don't think it equals death threats. <laughs> no, it, 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 it never does and it never will. Oh, my God. It just – college sports, it's it's interesting, especially when it comes to a rivalry like that. Because, I mean, I don't know if you saw as well, even before the game they were getting into it and they had to get separated. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it was reported that it was – that punches were thrown and everything. I remember seeing yeah. all the clips and everything of, like, Travis, Shiloh, Shador, yeah. like, all getting into it. But I, I, that game was just honestly just something that was just uncalled for. Yeah. But, and of course, it all started off with the Colorado State coach. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how, like, exactly. He, well, he, of course, he could have avoided that by not saying anything. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think he he could have avoided it, too, because, I mean, I think Colorado Buffaloes right now are the most um, important story easily, in Easily, like, the most watched team yeah. in the nation. Yeah, I mean... I, I, I honestly think beating out some of these professional teams as yeah. of right now, at least. I mean, sit down Dallas Cowboys. I think Colorado Buffaloes are America's team. <laughs> Jesus. Like, <laughs> like, everybody is watching them. I feel like everybody, even if you live across the country and you've never been to Colorado in your life, you're kind of rooting for them. I mean, it's a cool story. You see Deion Sanders with his kid uh, being the main quarterback and his other kid being a uh, safety, I believe. Um, Something on defense. Yeah. I couldn't. Yeah, I, I think it was a safety. He got a me. he got a pick that game too. And oh yeah, that pick six. Mm-hmm. And then I remember uh, seeing an, an uh, uh, after the game post game interview. Sorry, um, that like he said like he was just running with them down the sideline. And I yeah. think like of course like I would imagine for him it's hard to separate being a dad and like being a coach. But I think regardless, if he, even if he was just a coach to him and everything like that, like seeing your own son and like obviously your own player do that. And especially in a big game like that, with how like obviously with how much they were losing by, I forgot if he did that while they were down or like to tie the game. I yeah, forgot. I don't but regardless, like that moment in the game was honestly must have been like he, he's. Let's be honest now. Coach Sanders is living on cloud nine. Right yeah, now. yeah. I mean, speaking of living on cloud nine, I mean he had the team lockout with Little Wayne leading the the group, 
And then also The Rock was there. I saw The Rock pregame. Like it is, they're a sensation. Like they're a, they're they're the biggest show right now in college sports, probably in all of sports in America here. Like it, yeah, it's it's easily. it's a vibe. Like yeah, of course. And then you know, speaking of Cloud Nine, of course. San Jose State can only, of course, let's be honest now. Like we, we can only dream of it, and of course, I, I want these teams to win. Yeah. Like I've never been like so like motivated for a team to win up until I got to college, mm-hmm. and like I want to see this team win. But you know, Cloud Nine, you know, last year if the baseball team Charles, oh, I hope I don't say his, I don't Charles if you're listening to this, I hope I don't butcher your name, Charles Mikadu, Mikadu, whatever, however you say his name, I'm sorry, I'll get it right one day. You know, he's he got drafted, playing playing with the Pirates as well. And you know, like you know, on that professional side, I remember seeing one game. He went six for six with two homers, and I think it was like six or seven RBIs. Like the fact that like a kid like that coming out of San Jose State to only one get drafted to the, to be the only one drafted out of out of the school last for the last year's or no this year's draft, I think it's just phenomenal to have like a little school like ours, you know, be represented at that at that high level. And I think it and it, it speaks for words and like that this team and. And that this program can build players like that, and of course, you know we have we have him, of course, and especially with our baseball team that has never like really seen a college world series. Of course, I don't know the history that much. I'm gonna be honest, but I think to, for him to see that, like especially like as most of recently of just, just this year, you know, they they almost they, they had a shot, but you know they struggled against Fullerton and I think it was Texas as well. But you know, but like to have that opportunity for for a guy like that coming out of a small school, he he is he is the definition of living on cloud nine. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, and I think that kind of speaks to the direction that San Jose State athletics is going in. Oh yeah, easily. Um, I think this is just the start of you know our programs getting better and better, and hopefully sending more people off to the pros. Like even in football this year, we had a junior Fajoko drafted um, uh, from uh, the Dallas Cowboys picked him up in the fourth round, uh, picked one twenty nine. Um, and that just kind of speaks in general. Like, And there's also a wide receiver for the Jags, Elijah Cooks. He was an undrafted free agent, but he did make the team. He's on the roster. He hasn't had any stats yet. Neither of them have. But still, it kind of shows what, what our a program could be. A team like the Jags won't have any stats. Let's yeah. be honest now. They, <laughs> they are something. Yeah. But, yeah, but, <laughs> but I think regardless, I think for a smart school to, like, finally be up in their athletics. I mean, we recently had the athletic the athletic oh, building yeah. over there down there, like recently built. Like they're finally like putting like a lot of money and a lot of effort into these into building these programs. And I think that says wonders for San Jose State, mm-hmm. especially for the small city that it's in. You know, you drive down the streets, like you still see those San Jose State banners. Of course, uh, all, like advertising the alumni and like how when the school was founded and all that, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, to like have like the only real like athletics around here. Of course, you have the San Francisco like giant the the SoCal Giants team. I think it's called. I forgot San what. San Jose it's. Giants. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How can I forget that team? But um, to have like a team and like represent your little city, especially it being a college with how big college sports get, I think that says wonders. And even then, you know, talking about like community wise, um, I think it was the first game against Oregon State. Like, of course, we lost that game. But we we had a sold out crowd, mm-hmm. over twenty one thousand people there in little little C- <laughs> CEF CU Stadium. Yeah, nationally televised on CBS as well. Yeah, and like and earlier today we had a we had Sky the 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 sports information director for San Jose State football. Uh, he came in and he said that that was the most media that San Jose State has ever seen, and of course you know like can't can't really blame them. It's a small school like this, small stadium. And and in it being aired net, like televised like obviously on television and everything, I think it just says that like this school is going somewhere eventually with these athletics.
Speaking of other sports in the county, we also have a professional football team here in Santa Clara, but they uh, claim the city of San is Francisco. It, is, this, is it Santa Clara? Yeah. They, <laughs> Have you guys seen it in Santa Clara? Yeah. It's like 15 minutes away from our campus. Um, yeah. So they claim, of course, that's a whole other topic, but they claim the city of San Francisco. But uh, I, I always, I, I did, I'm going to be completely honest, I didn't know that. Obviously, yeah. coming, coming, coming from L.A., like. I always thought San Francisco 49ers. I honestly always thought they were in San Francisco. Yeah, they, uh, <laughs> up, up until I, I took a drive up to San Francisco the other day and I saw Levi Stadium, I was like, oh, they play all the way out here? Yeah, That was crazy. Yeah. That was crazy to me, at least. Yeah, because what my what my teams, you know, the Rams in Inglewood, even then, like, that's still LA. I would say yeah. that's the most yeah. LA you're going to get. Yeah, and then, <laughs> definitely. And then what's, what's the other? The Chargers, right? Yeah, Chargers. They, they share they, the stadium. Yeah, they, they, whatever, whatever, wherever they play. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> Speaking of Inglewood, where uh, SoFi Stadium is, San Francisco 49ers were just there. Um, and if anybody saw clips from that game in the stands, it was pretty red. Um, 49ers fans definitely invaded LA, in my opinion. Amen. I'm going to just say LA also came out to pull to pull through, right? We had that Born X Rays drop, in my opinion. I'm a big fan of. I mean, right now I'm wearing one of those shirts. Yeah. So to see all the blue like that, like everything come out, I, I, and then I would say, of course, it's a rivalry. Let's be honest. Yeah. 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 Pe- people, people are probably people like people would claim to be it not be, but I, I think it was. I mean, I mean, the 49ers fan yourself, what do you think? Uh, it's definitely a rivalry, and I think it even goes to the coachings, both co- uh, head coaches. Uh, Sean McVay used to be. Um, an assistant to Kyle Shanahan when Kyle Shanahan was a offense coordinator back in Washington, uh, now the Commanders. Um, um, so yeah, so there's like a connection there. They both run similar offenses. They kind of know each other's teams. And no matter how more much more stacked one of the teams is compared to the others, I felt like these past years when these two coaches have been uh, head coaches for each respective club, they're always a battle. Like you, you know, going into it, like this year, people were saying Rams are probably going to be maybe. Not that good, probably towards the bottom of our conference. Um, but it was a competitive game, and um, the Rams led at one point in the first half. And, of course, the Niners came back. I think they just kind of have more weapons, and Rams obviously missing Cooper Cup. Um, but that doesn't mean the Rams didn't have people who stepped up from rookie Pookie, Pookie, Puka Nakua. <laughs> Sorry, Pookie. Uh, maybe that's his nickname or something. I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely butchered his yeah, name. Yeah, my bad. Pookie. Puka Nakua was tearing up the Niners' defense. And I think that's partially – he is a solid player. And I think another part of it, too, is uh, Sean McVay's offense. Like, I mean, he knows – he knows um, he's familiar with what um, Kyle Shanahan runs on offense as well. Like, it's pretty similar. And it was just – it was just short uh, short passes, a lot of um, trying to get people to get yards after the catch. And it was just – it was um, – it was a close game, and it was. It definitely felt like a rivalry. It was physical. After plays, you could see players talking to each other. I yeah, think Christian I mean, McCaffrey said it yeah, was just like, a conversation. But. Yeah, like what's it called? Like on that on that on the McCaffrey play on on that on that on that on that one on that one drive. Yeah, I think it was fifty one yards. Yeah, but then but then just absolutely stiff armed, stiff armed. I don't know who it was. I think Keller Witherspoon. Yeah, and then and then, and then they kind of got into it a little bit. Yeah. Apparently, it was just a normal conversation, but it didn't look it, like it. No, at all. I think I read a few uh, cuss words coming out from yeah, McCaffrey's e- mouth easily. But. but I mean, at the same time, it, a, a rivalry like that almost feels like to me like like a big brother little brother type thing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So but I mean, at the end of the day. I, I mean, I'm not a big football fan, but now coming to the Bay, I'm going to be honest, like, I've been rooting for my L.A. teams a lot more now, especially the Dodgers, but yeah. when it comes yeah, to football. enemy territory. <laughs> oh, yeah, tell me about it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, when it comes to the Rams, I've never really been into it, but, you know, we won the 
Super Bowl, what was it, 21? 21, yeah. Yeah, I remember. I remember uh, I work at Dick's Sporting Goods, and I remember when they won it, we had to stay open to like, 11, just just, to, selling, like, shirts. just selling shirts. Oh, my God. What, yeah. what a mess. But, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but speaking of LA, other LA teams and me being in LA territory, the Dodgers recently got division champs. How does that feel for you as a Giants fan? Um, you know, it's really, as a Giants fan, I don't care. But uh, uh-huh. it's been, totally. what is it, 10 out of 11 years or something like that? 10 out of 11, yeah. And who was the other team that got that one? San Francisco Giants, baby. Uh, but, no, it's kind of like an expected thing at this point. Um, the Dodgers are just, you know, I don't like them, but the Dodgers are just the Dodgers, you know. And it's just kind of we've gotten used to uh, gotten used to them winning the division. So it's more it's more or less like let's, let's hope we can make the playoffs and uh, get them back for that 2021 playoff series and hopefully – Beat them this time we know, around. Of course, I mean we we win a, we we win the division every single year. What do we have to say for it? A choke in the DS or the CS series. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, like I feel like of course we have a we're a very competitive team, and at the end of the day, you know we're still with elite pitchers that can, that can hold them down. But I mean, at the end of the day, like a team can only do so much when the job's not finished. At the end of the day, World Series still isn't won. We yeah. won the the Mickey Mouse 2020 World yeah. Series, which, in reality, me as a Dodgers fan doesn't count. You know, it was only what a 60 game season, 80 game season, something like that. <laughs> something there. But yeah, I I just feel like as if it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be an interesting postseason like all around. The Braves having four players with over 30 home runs. The and then and then the American League. East being as what the, the close <laughs> race as it is. Yeah, who would have thought the Orioles would be in that mix? You know, but even then, like the Orioles have such a young team. Like, yeah, like they're they're able to draft so many good guys and develop their players now. Uh, they recently called up one of their players. I forgot his name, but apparently he was he was the, like top ten of their prospects in the, in their farm system, and then now to like in the race with the Astros. What other teams are there in the East? I forgot. Uh, we got the. The Yankees, Yankees as well, Blue but the, at this Sox, point, Blue the Jays. Yankees are just falling apart now. Yeah, with 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 what all the, with all the decisions they've done. Yeah, so Tampa it's Bay. this postseason. I think for the MLB, it's going to be definitely an interesting one to say the least. But I mean, at the end of the day, I I'm calling it right now. I think the Braves are going to be back to it, winning the winning winning it all this year. But that's just me. Yeah, I mean, I think Atlanta's been the best team uh, this season all all year, like from start to finish. They. I don't think they've like wavered much. I mean, so far as I can remember, they've led the National League um, with their record as having the best record. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Braves come on top either. But also, you never know. That's the one thing about October baseball. It's a completely different season, in my opinion. It's the postseason, but it's completely different. You never know what goes. And, of course, I I honestly really hope the, the Orioles get something going in the postseason just because, like, like of course they're they're an American League team and everything like that, and we're all over here on the West Side and everything. But at the end of the day, to see a team like that just come out of nowhere and have the season that they're doing, to have players like Adley, Cedric, um, it's just it's just all it's just like it's, or Baltimore's looking up now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I I think it's cool because Baltimore's you know they've. I would say in the past 10 years, they haven't been that good of a franchise. But I mean, having a guy like Chris Davis go yeah. in that big slump that, yeah, that lasted that, that was, almost a full season. That was an interesting story. Um, yeah, so it's cool to see Baltimore winning. And they do have, like, a, a great fan base out there. You can tell they're dedicated and they love baseball. And also a beautiful ballpark. I've it never been, beautiful, but, but pictures. Yeah, Oracle Park. No, it's not even Oracle. That's Camden, that's San Francisco. Camden my, my bad San Francisco <laughs> fans. Don't come at me. 
I'm sorry. But yeah, Camden Yard is such a beautiful park. <laughs> I still remember that that one time when 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 the um, when the Orioles locked out fans for oh, I forgot what event it was. There was, it was like just completely there. silent. Yeah, that was weird. But it was such a bliss thing because you could be able to hear the crack of the bat yeah. and everything like that. It's so like me a... as a baseball player, as a baseball fan, I still go back to look at those clips just to see just to hear it, like the bliss of it. <laughs> the players and just enjoying the quiet. I, I thought that was something cool. Yeah, it was like a foreshadowing to the pandemic. Uh, that was weird seeing bunch yeah, of was. cardboard cutouts in the stands that was interesting and then just to hear it nothing but the players yeah but b- b- it's interesting yeah provides a new perspective those and those new perspectives are definitely going to be a long one yeah all right well that's going to be a wrap for our first episode thank you for listening yeah and of course you know we're we're just two college kids trying to figure out journalism life and now podcasting life so we're going <laughs> to see how often we get these episodes out let's be honest now But besides that, thank you for listening. Yeah. I'll see you next time.